Welcome to the Faithful Fathering Podcast. Uh, thanks for joining us. This is Rick Wirtz, the founder and president of Faithful Fathering, where we encourage and equip dads to be faithful fathers. And that is to emulate the triune nature of our Heavenly Father by prioritizing our physical presence, being, being engaged emotionally, and leading spiritually by example. Blessing to be with you, and uh, the topic of this podcast series is built around a study called A Dad's Armor, and this is the second uh, in the series where we're going to address it, a second of the, ba- the battlefields we're addressing are heritage, heart, and home. And uh, in this second session, we're going to hit Heritage. Uh, you can access this video teaching on, da- on a downloadable PDF at our website at faithfulfathering.org. Uh, click on the Four Dads button, and you can access all of this right there on the website. And again, we always try to keep everything very practical in, uh, in our studies, that uh, we open up a discussion and uh, work to indeed encourage you on your journey as a faithful father. In the studio with me today is dear friend uh, Mike Rosas. He's a founder of Uprising Society and the chaplain of the Houston Rockets. Mike, it's great to have you here. Rick, thank you so much. Always a huge honor to be a part of these podcasts. That's well, a blessing. Uh, tell, just bring us back up to date a little bit on your family, the age of your kids, and uh, yes. how many years you've been married. I have a beautiful wife, my better half, L- Lydiette. Not Lydia, Lydiette's the French form of Lydia, actually. Uh, we've been married 10 years, and we have an 8-year-old Alessandra, 5-year-old Camila, and 1-year-old Kairos. Ah, that's why you look so tired. Yes. <laughs> we got at a full house. I have a son who punches me in the face in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, those are fabulous ages. But, yes. Uh, as, as you know, uh, you, you need three... Uh, Three uh, jars of marbles set oh, up so yeah. you remember how quickly this time is going to get by you. Yes. So. Now, I remind myself on a consistent basis. My daughter's eight. My daughter's five. My son is one. To make the most of every season. And you're doing very well. <laughs> so today, uh, the second uh, battlefront that we're addressing in this study is the heart of a mm-hmm. father. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we all have the things that we uh, uh, put on ourselves as, mm-hmm. man, what's expected of us? What responsibilities do we need to embrace? And... Uh, you know, I, I grew up in, in, with two prayers. I'd be blessed with a happy and healthful marriage and family we didn't know growing up, mm. and that I'd live above the poverty line that we'd grown up below. Mm. And uh, so I kind of got busy on that uh, getting above that poverty line thing and, and kind of shoved fathering in, the, in the, the box of being a financial provider and being a disciplinarian. I could do those two things. So let's uh, define fathering in, in that box. Uh, how, what is your heart and how, how did I know your dad was very engaged mm-hmm. and he uh, softened your heart early on to, to the importance of family and the importance of uh, the right priorities in life. What responsibilities have you uh, strapped yourself with as a dad? You know, um, through scriptural context, uh, it, it's changed my vision, right, of what family is, having a kingdom, you know, godly worldview. Uh, it affects so much. You know, the Bible says, you know, he who doesn't provide for his house is the same as an infidel. Um, so financially, I've got to provide for them. And I think for parents, especially fathers in the last generation, that was kind of seen as the marker. And uh, and it's still of utmost importance. But I think a lot of fathers kind of checked that box and moved on. And it's important that we understand that there's many boxes. Mm-hmm. I, I love how you say, you know, kids spell love, T-I-M-E. And so for me, um, I, I had the opportunity. I've been in ministry for the last 16 years. It's been so easy to think, you know, I'm saving the world for this person or X amount of people came to Christ. But, you know, if if my family doesn't follow Christ, at the end of the day, I failed. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's important. And, you know, number one, loving my wife. 
Uh, number two, loving my children, and then from that place, spiritually developing them, providing for them financially, uh, but also providing a space for them, which is important for us uh, to innovate, right? Mm -hmm. I create spaces for my kids to fail. Um, I tell my kids, look, you don't have to follow me in ministry or anything we do. Um, you know, you don't have to be in marketing, uh, but I'm going to open up these opportunities to you for you to experience them. If you like mm -hmm. it, then run with it. If you don't, do something else. But it's of utmost importance that my ceiling is your floor. Mm -hmm. And so the only way we can do that is handing these biblical principles and these opportunities for them to walk into the fullness of what God has for them. Mm -hmm. That's well said, and that, uh, and so your motivation uh, was absolutely, like you say, is strictly uh, scriptural. Yes. And, and, uh, <laughs> so, but everybody's driven by different motivations, right? Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's a performance-based motivation. Yeah. Sometimes it's an overcomer-based mm -hmm. <laughs> motivation. But it sounds like yours was a heart-turning. Uh, motivation for uh, taking on those responsibilities to love as a father loved. Uh, uh, did you have, uh, just out of quite, did you have a lot of friends growing up or were there friends primarily just immediate family or how, how did you? <laughs> you know, I, I stuttered from the age of six to the age of 21. So I, I didn't come, uh, I didn't come real fast with friends. I, I did have some people that, that loved me and even though I stuttered, they didn't laugh. Uh, but for the most part, it was mostly built around family. Mm-hmm. So relationships didn't come easy, is what you're right? Yes. Yet, yet uh, relationship and marriage has been very solid, right? Yes, yeah, very much so, and it's because I have a gracious, understanding wife. And well, but you also had that foundation at home, right? Right, right, right. That uh, that's what a lot of people don't have. A lot of guys don't have is that daily example of, mm -hmm. uh, of that heart uh, that loves as Christ loves in the home. Right. And uh, so I, I guess that's. Uh, uh, where we try to encourage dads to uh, be sensitive to where their heart is, uh, how are we learning to love? Yeah, yeah that's Ephesians 5, 25, that uh, mm. we're to love as Christ loves. Right. And uh, you know, I've always said that, uh, well, if we, uh, uh, once we learn that we're supposed to die for our wives, everything else should pretty well fall in line. <laughs> right. But Paul had a little bit more to say about that, right? Yes. So uh, that, uh, that was my question is uh, that as we, Sometimes those relationships, uh, just friendships and what have you, they kind of say how how was your heart softened early on, mm -hmm. uh, whereas uh, as you, as as uh, as we mature, we start to uh, uh, look at other ways that we can uh, learn how to love. I mean, it, uh, I was I wish that somebody would have told me early on in the marriage that. Uh, you have to be intentional in <laughs> learning. To, it wasn't just going to be a feeling forever. Right? All right. And uh, so to learn how to love is uh, is a challenge for young men a lot of times. Yeah, it is, uh, you know, very much so. You know, my, uh, my, my family is from Colombia, our nationality. And, um, you know, Colombians are known for their passion. It's actually our, our national slogan, Colombia's passion. And so I, I did have my parents who were affectionate, who loved on me well. And so it wasn't hard for me to transition that kindness of holding hand or, uh, you know, kissing her, looking her in the eyes, hugging her. And so that love has communicated to my wife and emanated to my children. And it was because I learned it from a healthy home. Amen. That's uh, that's the foundation. That's uh, I think that's the most important thing we teach our kids is right. uh, 
you know, how to love and, and the uh, significance of a healthy relationship because uh, you don't have questions about gender or, uh, 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 or uh, masculinity <coughs> versus femininity if you see it uh, represented in a healthy way in your home growing Right. Up. Now, you mentioned 1 Timothy 5a, which, of course, one of my favorites. If we fail to provide for our family, mm-hmm. we're worse than a non-believer. In. And, of course, as a man, we always think, well, it has to be financial provision. Mm-hmm. I've got to do better. Uh, but uh, but there's a lot of uh, definition of what provision means, right? <laughs> right. So uh, how are you a visionary for mm-hmm. your children? Yeah, and you know, providing financially is very very important. So I don't want to downplay that. Uh, but for me, it's also providing, like you say, vision, right? Provision. And so for us, we create a vision of what we consider a healthy family to look like. We have we try to have weekly uh, church service times at home where we just you know share the faith and the gospel with our kids, mm-hmm. and we tell them, hey. Uh, this is your family too. So what does that look like for you? And they'll talk about road trips and vacations and fun times out because daddy and mommy do a lot of good things, quote unquote. Um, but if we don't have that intentionality of mm-hmm. playing with them and having them create good memories, then you know if we're helping others at the expense of our family, it's a loss more than a win. And so for us, we, we, we take that time to identify, okay, this is what it is. And then we come back on the back end and we judge it. Hey, are we doing this, right? Like, you know, just because daddy and mommy say something, Mm-hmm. We have to. We've got to. We've got to confirm it with action, also. Mm-hmm. And so, for myself, it's important that we have number one, a vision of God's God's vision for our lives, and number two, a family vision, and number three, an individual vision. Because mm-hmm. I want the kids to understand there's intentionality, there's intelligent design, how the Father created them. They were created on purpose and for a purpose. And so, right now, at our age, in comparison to their age, it's of utmost importance that we help set that vision for them because we're really creating. Uh, you know. The, plat- the platform and foundation on how they'll raise their kids. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that uh, they, they pick up on your priorities as well. Yes, they, they do. So uh, <laughs> uh, if our priorities are in the world, then we can, uh, that can get distracted pretty quick. Yes. But uh, if your priorities are in healthy relationship with, you know, I, there are a lot of things out there that are trying to push, uh, uh, you know, the primary commandment, number one commandment is there will be no, no other gods yeah. before me, right? But what does society do? We, they throw all these other gods at yes. you, trying to push the one true God back. Yeah. And uh, so you're entering into the age, you know, I always say those first 10 years, the kids think you're God. <laughs> and, and, of course, you are in their life, right? right? Uh, and they take everything you say, uh, maybe maybe that, that uh, boy that's punching you is, is testing you, but, <laughs> the, uh, but they take everything you say as, uh, as Bible. Yeah. It's a matter of fact, and there's no question. Well, you're entering into the next 10 years where everything's going to get questioned. <laughs> so uh, how are you, uh, do you, are you and, and Lydia looking ahead to say, you know, how, how are we really uh, establishing this foundation for them to have, to have this to reference? Yeah, so for sure, one of the things we've done is we've communicated to them that we are, uh, we're flawed and failed. And I said, I said, like, Daddy's going to fail you, Mommy's going to fail you. I said, but your Heavenly Father isn't. And so we try to communicate to them what absolute truth is. We try to communicate to them what uh, what God's promises are. And then we help seal them in the foundation of who God is. Because when Daddy fails, and he will, when Mommy fails, and she will, they will still have something strong enough to tether to that no winds can, can pull them up, uh, apart from. 
Uh, I shared at a men's retreat recently, the Lord gave me some revelation on, on uh, Matthew 7, where Jesus talks about the man who builds his house on the foundation uh, of solid rock and the man who builds his house on the foundation of sand. And we hear that and we think, man, what an idiot. Like this guy didn't have Google. He didn't have Bing. But come on, he had to know <laughs> that sand wasn't strong enough, right? Um, but I began to search it out. And I, I, I connected with a friend of mine who's a geologist. I confirmed it. And so sand is actually deteriorated pieces of rock, and they're individual pieces of rock. And so what happens is, is just like that man, the Bible, Jesus said, this man also heard the words of the Lord, but didn't act on them. And so what happens, I think a lot of fathers, even inside the house of God, they fail when they build their life off phrases that God said or deteriorated truths that they used to live on. And what happens is, the, the storm comes, regardless if you're on the solid rock or on the sand. And so it's important that we tether our kids to the solid rock of consistent daily relationship with God in His Word and consistency with community so that they're on the solid rock. Because when the storm comes, it's not just this, you know, this verse that makes you smile, but it's this truth of a Heavenly Father who loves you and He will sustain you through the hardest of storms that will keep you through the highs and lows of life. That's so rich, Mike, because as we talk about uh, you know, using little phrases of scripture, or things that you agree with, it's easy to pick things out. You yeah. know, uh, I don't like that rejoice in my sufferings part, but I'll <laughs> I'll take the uh, perseverance and character and all right. that stuff, right? But I'm supposed to rejoice in my suffering. So, to in, to not just read scripture as a whole, you know, that's what we're really called to do. But then to internalize it. Uh, yeah. Many years ago, a, a pastor charged me, as this uh, 25 plus years ago, to read the whole of scripture, and I said, you know, wait a minute, pastor, I only read. Half, uh, you know, small man-sized books. And he said, well, let's all right, start with man-sized pieces. You know, read the letter to, to the Romans and read all the way through Jude. Mm-hmm. Then go back to your Gospels, read the four Gospels and Acts, and then go back to Genesis and read through Revelation. Mm-hmm. And and it was not a speed read. It was, uh, you know, I got up an hour earlier every day and I just read. I, I journaled. I'd, I'd, if there's something that jumped out at me, I'd pray through that across the day. I'd meditate a bit and just read some more. And mm-hmm maybe a chapter or two a day, like I said, two plus years to get through uh, scripture. But what what began to happen over that window of time is I started to see things through a biblical worldview versus my secular worldview, right? And so when it came to issues with the kids or or what have you, uh, then those were things I could address very straightforward. Uh, One instance uh, is uh, my my daughter was trying to get into honors band Mm. and she was struggling and uh, she was a clarinetist. I heard all the squeaks because I was a clarinetist as well, right? And uh, and, and she finally uh, got frustrated and stomped upstairs. I can't do this. And, uh, and so I, I went up and opened the door. You know, the door had slammed. And I always tell dads, you know, when a door slams, emotionally or physically, you go open the door. You're mm-hmm. the adult. So you go, I said, honey, what's going on? I said, I just can't do it. I said, so, so, so you're telling me you're not good enough for uh, honors band. I don't think so. And you, you just can't get these scales recorded because you had to record all 12 scales at, at time oh. on, a, on a cassette tape. I'm dating myself <laughs> a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> uh, and, and no, I, I'm just not, I'm not good enough. I can't do that. And uh, so there's no hope that you're going to get into honors band. And uh, I don't think so, Dan. I said, well, uh, I said, you know, there was a time in the garden that the devil said that to Adam and Eve as well. Mm. That you're not good enough as you are. You could be like God if you did this. Mm-hmm. And you can't take control of your situation uh, as you are, but you could if you ate of this fruit. 
and uh, you know, and then there will be hope for you because then you'll be like God, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, but you're not good enough the way you are, and uh, and in fact, there's no hope for you as you are. I said so. My encouragement to you, I said, you want to hear what God has to say to you, that you're a child of God. You have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. You can do whatever you want to do. Mm. And there is hope because there's hope poured into you that is the Holy Spirit. The love of God has been poured into you through the Holy Spirit. So there's hope for whatever you want to do. And she came back downstairs, put that tape together, and her uh, honors band career through high school is foundational to her success through college. And not wow. that she, she didn't continue band, but I'm just talking about the, the, the discipline. discipline yeah, the, the 100%. There's, there's, there's football teams all over this country that would like to have the discipline of that marching band that she was <laughs> in high school. So my, my point there is is that uh, it's very powerful when you start to internalize Scripture and oh, move yes, forward. It's a game changer. Right, right. Do you remember what busy stands for? Uh, being under Satan's yoke. Being under Satan's yoke. And that's what we have to uh, – when it comes to heart – the, the battle for the heart. It's that busyness yeah. that uh, really takes dads out. So I, I, I love that uh, we have to focus on uh, on those right priorities. Uh, one thing I always like to do as we wrap up here, uh, Mike, is to, to challenge a dad to, to ask uh, some questions again, just yes and no questions. Uh, uh, has there been time committed uh, to prayer and scripture daily for you on a personal level? Mm-hmm. And uh, dads can answer that with a yes or no. Has there been a Bible study or a small group meeting with other men of God weekly? Mm-hmm. Well, that uh, is worth uh, thinking about as a dad. Is there a date night with your wife, at least uh, monthly, mm-hmm. you know, to get out? Uh, you know, we always remind dads that our heart has to be focused on the marriage. The, the marriage does not rotate around the kids. Mm-hmm. The kids rotate around the marriage. Okay. So, so good and so true. And then are the children's school events and all their activities indeed on your calendar? Yeah. You know, this uh, dads, is, is that, uh, can your kids look at your calendar and say, cool, I'm on his calendar, you know? <laughs> And then finally, uh, is there one-on-one time with each child uh, at least monthly as well? Yeah. So uh, those are some things for dads to uh, to check for themselves. Great and barometers. So uh, I do always like to remind dads uh, to not feel guilty about working because you know that uh, uh, you're, you're not going to make every event possible. Yeah. But uh, our charge is, of course, to uh, make it the exception to miss an event right. versus a rule. Any other final uh, tips for dads as we wrap up this uh, heart battlefront? <laughs> you know, you know, finances are a, they are an important part. You know, it's great if you love your kids, but if you don't have food to feed them, you know, if we you know if we go to every event but we don't provide for their their you know right needs. Um, so you know, we need dads. It's hard. It's hard, but that, that's what we're called to. You know, God didn't give us this easy thing. It is hard, but it brings us back to daily dependence upon him. And so whether it's making money in a challenging economy, whether it's, you know, being there at every event, being exhausted. I heard this one pastor say that men should go to sleep exhausted. (laughs) And it's true, you know, because you're taking care of the wife. You're taking care of the kids. Every night before I go to sleep, I go and check the doors. I pray over the doors. I pray over our neighborhood. And so to a certain extent, it does sound like a lot, but the 
rewards pay off for generations. And the uh, that's great, great way to wrap it up. And the uh, the only addendum I would put in there is to make sure that you and your bride are looking at the cost side of the equation yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we decided early on that my bride was not going to work outside the right. home, mm-hmm. uh, it was her responsibility to watch that cost side of the equation. Right. So we were consistently involving, uh, you know, we were discussing ourselves what our expenses were going to be. Mm-hmm. And it isn't always what you make, it's what you spend. Yeah. And, 100%. Uh, you know, not to not to put a plug in for Dave Ramsey or anything, but uh, that's that's a uh, that's a study that you could do worse uh, with. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's not about becoming a millionaire; it's about stewarding well and enjoying life. You know, that everybody in the family can say they're actually enjoying it. Absolutely. Well, man, that's what it's about. Straight from Mike and I, we're here to just encourage you to let the heart turning begin. Mm-hmm. Get focused on the right priorities. Uh, loving. Uh, uh, Christ, uh, loving your wife as you as Christ loves the church, and then uh, having your heart uh, turn to your kids, as uh, the last couple of verses of the New Te- the Old Testament say. You know, yeah. uh, it'll turn the hearts of fathers to their children, hearts of children to their fathers. And uh, so, Dad, let the heart turning begin, and uh, that's the dad you're called to be, and that's the dad the next generation needs. Tune in next time. God bless. God bless.